Hello, St. Peter Podcast, episode 36. You are listening to the Hello, St. Peter Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Silva. Uh, Happy Pride Month, everyone. Today is June 6th, and it is the first uh, episode of the month of June. So, of course, we are going to be talking about LGBTQ issues, one in particular, and um, I really hope that it sheds a lot of light about how San Pedro deals with um, the LGBTQ community. I personally think we have a long way to go, but I have to say uh, we have come a long way because I took Gaffy on the way home uh, from work yesterday and it was so wonderful to see that beautiful rainbow flag um, hot flying high next to uh, the U.S. flag and also our California flag. It's so important that we represent those um, who identify as LGBTQ within our community Um and all across Gaffey, I started to see some rainbow flags. It was very cool. Um, loving the cover of the June issue of San Pedro Today magazine, all about pride. Um, yeah, so we have some exciting things to talk about this month. If you do not identify as LGBTQ or you don't have friends or family who do, I can understand how it'd be tempting for you to kind of opt out of these next few episodes. But I really want to encourage you um, to stay. And with that, I want to get right into today's episode. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest. A Southern baker at heart, Chris draws much of his culinary influence from the European style of baking and oftentimes refers to himself as a Southern baker with a French twist. Carefully crafted with thought and passion, Chris's menu of perfectly balanced buttercreams slathered atop delicate sponge, crisp biscuits with creamy curd and countless flaky pastries change with the seasons, while a few staples are available year-round. When Chris isn't testing, tasting, and tweaking, he can be found inspiring other bakers with his curated online content through his digital platforms and on-camera appearances. In fact, you might even see him on the latest season of ABC's The Great American Baking Show. He married his husband in September 2017 here in the San Pedro area, and they actually purchased a home here within our community. However, they have decided that it was time for them to move on. Today, we hear his story and why him and his husband chose to leave San Pedro. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, So today on the show, I have a very special guest. You might have seen him on the last season of The Great American Baking Show. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> um, I have Chris Tucker in the house. So thank you, Chris, for being on my show. I am yeah. super excited to have you. Thanks for having me. So Jonathan, um, I met Jonathan on one of Angela Romero's tours. Mm-hmm. I think it was a literary tour. Yeah. And I think his mom was on the tour too. Yeah. Very nice. They Both of them were just so incredibly nice. But he hit me up on Instagram and said, you really need to have my husband on. I think you guys would like he would be great for your podcast and that was at the time I was just starting so I was like trying to take as many names as possible and I 
there was a lot of people reaching out to me yeah. and it kind of just slipped through the cracks. <laughs> And so I finally reached out to you, and I heard you're going to be moving from San Pedro. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Actually, when you guys met, I was actually filming the show. Okay. His mom was in town mm -hmm. for, I think, like two weeks kind of hanging with him because I was gone for... I don't know, like a month and a half while I was shooting the show. Oh, wow. And... Um, so she was here hanging with him, and that was one of the activities that they did was the literary tour. Mm -hmm. And that's when you guys, um, that's when you guys met. Yeah, so, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So were you on like location somewhere? Yeah, we were actually we actually filmed in London. So okay. if um, if you guys happen to catch the show, you'll see like uh, this set that is very familiar to the British version of the Bake Off, and that's because we shot in the same location that they did mm -hmm. and um, they put us up in London and it was just a really cool experience. I had never been to London at that point and you know to get to go on someone else's dime is oh my definitely gosh, that's the dream. a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were there for I think a total of six weeks and then my parents actually came over to hang out with me and we stayed for an additional like I think 10 days and just did like a little mm -hmm. family jaunt around, That's around the cool. town. Yeah. I wish. That is really the dream. Um, I went to London. I think I went on a Europe tour, like a European tour. It was like 12 days and we arrived in London mm -hmm. and we got off the plane. We got on the tour bus and we went on like a couple hour tour before making it to our hotel so we oh, were wow. we were dead tired yeah. and we were only there for like one night so i can see why they had to like squeeze it all in totally. um and yeah i just remember being really tired and we walked to a really nice restaurant and we got to see like big ben but nothing we didn't really do anything crazy in london well i can imagine you were tired I mean, oh yeah it's i think the time difference from la is eight hours uh, so yeah yeah, like that's massive jet lag. Mm -hmm. so. I think we did we did like a red eye, but I don't really sleep well on planes. Yeah, I never did. So yeah. I was like wide awake. I'm a night person naturally, so of course I would just be awake all night on the plane, yeah. being super excited, and then yeah. just super drowsy the next day. Yeah, I'm always yeah. very envious of those people that can fall right to sleep on an airplane. That's my husband. He yeah, can just sleep anywhere. Um, <clears throat> it's always funny how that works out. It's like usually couples do that one can sleep and yeah one. and once it's like wide awake yeah. thinking of all the you know <laughs> truths of our yeah, yeah. truths of our universe or yeah. mysteries of the world <laughs> um well i kind of want to talk about how you got into baking definitely um i started baking at a really um young age with my grandma and it was just something that her and i did as a bonding experience. She lived in Arkansas. I was born and raised in Florida, mm. um, just outside of Orlando. And so she would come for the holidays and I would uh, just jump in the kitchen with her and just learn like everything that she had to offer. And I think that was just what instilled this like creative passion for the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And um, my grandma got lung cancer when I was fairly young still. I think I was just in middle school. Oh, no. And she actually passed away um, around Easter, 
when I was in eighth grade. And so that was the very first year that I had to kind of take the holidays and start making everything that she normally would. Wow, yeah. Because nobody else knew how to do it. So, you know, here I was like an eighth grader and that's pretty young. I think that's like 13. Oh, yeah. And I was like tasked to put together all of the sweets for our holiday gathering. Mm -hmm. And um, I enjoyed it. Like it was just, it was just really fun and just a really natural thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, On the flip side, my other set of grandparents owned a restaurant. So it's just really in the blood for me. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of restaurant was it? It was a Southern style restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I would go up there in the summers and I would, you know, work in the kitchen with the, um, there was this little lady in the uh, salad room is what they called it. And she would make all the cakes and stuff. And so I remember being in there one time with her and, and, they didn't make anything like from scratch when it came to these cakes because they mm-hmm. were just things that they gave away for special occasions. Okay. And so she would use this boxed yellow cake mix. And I don't know how I knew, but it was just an instinctive thing to me to tell her that she should fold in some whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And so I just started piping in like this bagged whipped cream into this cake batter. And she was laughing hysterically. I remember this so vividly. <laughs> and she was just blown away at how the cake turned out like so much lighter and fluffier. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just little things like that, that, um, you know, I just have such fond memories of being in the kitchen yeah. from a young age. These are the early, the the beginnings of your journey yeah, as a these baker. Were like the little building blocks, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think it was maybe a few years ago that I really started to hone in on my craft. I've I've always been baking. I've always been a baker, but I've never really been. Like, I've always been, like, a recipe follower. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's been the last couple of years where I've been creating recipes and developing my own style in the Mm -hmm. kitchen. Did you pursue it further, like, in in your education? Or did you get more training in the baking realm? (laughs) No, actually, before I went on the show and um, started to do this as a career, I was actually a hairstylist. Okay. So I went to school for cosmetology. Yeah. was a certified hairstylist for eight years. So baking is that side thing that probably was just something you enjoy doing that's now becoming your full-time thing. That's awesome. Yeah, baking was just a therapeutic kind of artistic expression for me. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, it was my side hustle and now it's kind of my my main thing. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's what I'm hoping for with this podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, cuz right now I do work full time mm-hmm. and I'm great I'm really grateful to be working full time um cuz um I do like my company and where I work, but um this has really become I can see it growing a lot more. Definitely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping it has a similar path as yours. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think whenever you're passionate about something and you love what you're what you're doing, mm-hmm. if you put your energy into it, yeah, it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you meet Jonathan? I actually met Jonathan at church. We were going to the same 
um, Methodist Church in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and we were both in choir, mm-hmm. and we would, he was, he would always be seated in front of me, and we would see each other every Wednesday at choir practice, mm-hmm. and kind of just look you at each other. You guys were both in the choir? We were both That's in the choir, cool. and we would never, we would never, like, talk. Mm-hmm. It was the strangest thing, and he was, you know, he's very outgoing, I'm a little more subdued when it comes to being social with people I don't know. And he would always be talking to everyone, and, and he I would, seems like a social butterfly. Yeah, he's very social. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just go in, and and you know, I would I would practice, we would rehearse, and then I would I would leave. Like there was no like conversing with people. Mm-hmm. And then we would see each other again on Sundays, and that was pretty much it. Well, then we started seeing that we were looking at each other, and it just kind of evolved into this thing where we went out one week after mm-hmm. practice and, and how to drink and um, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you were telling me earlier that you guys actually got married here in Pedro. We did. A friend of ours, um, his parents have a winter home here mm-hmm. and they were kind enough to let us get married there. So we got married there um, September um Two years ago, almost. Okay, yeah. so yeah, two years. Twenty seventeen. I think that's when I got married. Oh really? Yeah. September. Yeah, September first, actually. Okay. It was really hot, right? It was really hot. It was hot. Yeah. Yeah. September first, which was, I think it was like a, it was Labor Day. Um, it was so incredibly hot that day. I was like. I was sweating. My husband was sweating. It was the weirdest thing because it's not usually like you're dying of the heat, you know? It's usually just like nice and there's a breeze because we're by the water. Right. But I remember it being very hot. Yeah. What day day did you We got married a little later in the month. We were on the 20th. Okay. So It might have cooled down by then. (laughs) I remember it being warm because we got married outside. So we were doing like all the setup and I remember it being hot being warm Mm -hmm. I don't think it was like scorching on the day of our wedding but we did our photos like right here kind of like by the coast you know the cliffside um there's this like little neighborhood that if that has this little walkway that you can go straight to the cliffs it's Uh really pretty um because it has like the bougainvillea is like overgrown you know it's really beautiful um I remember going there and just being like it is so hot we yeah. need to take these pictures. We need to go home yeah, now. You're like <laughs> yeah, um, but that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, you guys are already coming up on two years then. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. fast approaching. It goes by quick. And so since then, have you guys been living here in San Pedro? Yes. Yeah, so during our wedding, like just before our wedding, we were living in Culver City, and mm-hmm. we um, we were at the time looking to buy a house mm-hmm. and quickly realized that we couldn't really afford anything that didn't need to be remodeled in Culver City. So, um, you know, we kind of, we were in the midst of planning and doing a lot of time spending in San Pedro and Mm -hmm. started to fall in love with just the small town feel that it had here. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to just switch our our paths of of where we were looking for a house. And we um, ended up starting to look here locally and that's when we found our place. Yeah, I would, I, I get that because it, I think when people are looking to buy in Los Angeles, they don't realize how expensive everywhere is you know you would think like oh you know we know that 
parts of LA are expensive, obviously, because they have beautiful homes. And we're like, no, I just want a modest home. Right. Those are still so expensive. Totally. In in LA. Totally. Almost everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, we're one of the last um, affordable. Like you said, it's a stretch <laughs> because we're getting up there now too. Right. But yeah, we're one of the last affordable, like especially beach towns or you know waterfront towns. Yeah, I think it's the last like untapped mm-hmm. um, waterfront community yeah. in the area for sure mm-hmm. but I think that's changing not anymore yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's true I mean it's come up so much just in you know the year and a half since we've owned our house mm-hmm. it's changed so much the market yeah so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens once the port's completely redone and everything mm-hmm everything changes here it's gonna change a lot i feel like that there are a lot of changes coming yeah um i started this podcast so we can talk our way through them totally (laughs) because there's a lot of people in the community who are excited for it but we have a lot of questions i think there's a lot of people who might be a little resistant to some of the changes so i started this podcast so we can talk about it yeah um and of course, another reason that I started the podcast was to kind of address some of the older mentalities in the community yeah. who don't see a need for certain changes or who are not open to certain things. And that's actually why I brought you on. So um, thank you for joining me for this for this conversation. Um, you, when I reached out to you, you mentioned that you guys were leaving, and I asked why, and you said that the community wasn't necessarily welcoming to you and your husband um can you talk about some of those experiences that made you feel that way sure um you know i think just in general when we lived in a more mixed community of culver city or hollywood we were just amongst a melting pot of people so we would go to a grocery store we would go to a restaurant and we would be you know in a group of people that um you would have um you know black white puerto rican Mm -hmm. gay straight you would just have so many types of people in one room Mm -hmm. and the more that we immersed ourselves in the community here, the more that we realized, okay, well, we might be just amongst a few gay people here. Mm -hmm. And every time we would go out to eat, we would be the only gay couple in a restaurant. We Mm -hmm. would be the only gay couple in a grocery store. I found myself walking down the street and, you know, wanting to put space between my husband and I because I just felt like I had to kind of um, hide myself a little bit. Um, my husband really likes going to some of these local like dive bars in town. He likes watching. He's, he's a big sports guy. Mm-hmm. And um, one day we were getting home from um, I, we were out like having dinner or something and he's like, hey, I'm going to go watch the game. Do you want to go? And I go, no, 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 you go. And he was like dressed nice and he like went inside and and changed and he said hey can i have that hat i was wearing a baseball hat and i go yeah but you know your hair looks fine why why are you gonna put a hat on and he kind of looked at me gave me this weird look and he goes well i try to dress a little down when i go to these bars and i go what does that mean and Mm -hmm. he said i just try to blend in a little bit more Mm -hmm. 
And it kind of opened up a conversation because what he was saying was he tries to look more straight. Yeah, he tries to look straight. He tries to just blend in. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first moved to town, I, you know, like I said, I, I, in my past life, I was a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And when we first moved to town, I started working for Aiden at the Underground, which is, you know, on 6th Street. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I I really enjoyed working for him because he kind of mentored me through life in San Pedro. Mm-hmm. He, as a gay man, that is, um, you know, he's a gay, gay man. He lives with his husband. He's a gay business owner here. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on city council here. So he's very immersed in the community. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference between he and I is he's very he's very loud and proud. And I will be more recluse um, because I feel like I need to put a little sense of protection around myself. Mm-hmm. And um, he's had bricks thrown at his house. Um, I mean, just insane things like slurs, mm-hmm. you know, people write just nasty things on his Yelp page. Mm-hmm. Um, That's terrible. Mona, who owns the omelet and waffle, her and her wife, um, you know, they had this business for years in San Pedro and just recently hung a flag, uh, a rainbow flag outside and bricks thrown through the window. Like... It's just, it's small things like that, mm-hmm. um, that I have just never been, I've never, I've never experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, but is, what has your journey been like? I like from the coming out point and, you know, your family and your schooling, what has your journey been like that has made this experience so different, you know? Well... I didn't, I didn't come out until maybe, I think it was um, the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I grew up very religious. Um, I was Southern Baptist. And um, so it was, it was pretty difficult for my, my family. Um, to accept right off the bat Mm -hmm. um, just because biblically what they understood. Yeah. Um, I grew up in that community as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that over time and with some counseling, um, things really changed. My mom went, uh, she was working actually at the time for a massive church in Florida, and mm-hmm. she worked side by side with a, a lesbian coworker who had a wife and kids that she had adopted, mm-hmm. and she became just one of her best friends, and she was able to guide her down this journey of what it's like to be a person of faith mm-hmm. um, and part of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And it really opened my mom's eyes to see that this is this is how she was born and that it's it's okay mm-hmm. you know and um, my schooling years people always 
assumed I was gay, but I always put that facade on. I always kept a girlfriend in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I always got slurred in like middle school when kids are mean. Yeah. Um, high school, it kind of died down because I kept those girlfriends. Um, I didn't experience any type of slurred language towards me from the time I was in middle school up until I moved to San Pedro. Mm -hmm. Um, It was at that point where I joined the YMCA and I was just verbally assaulted multiple times within the gym once by a child in the jacuzzi. That's awful. Once by a... um, a guy sitting next to his wife in the jacuzzi. The jacuzzi had maybe 12 people in it, you know, so it was pretty full. I walked over and I sat down next to him and he turns to his wife and says, not not in a whisper tone um, about why is this faggot sitting next so close to me. Um, you know, just constant, constant things like that have happened. Um, at the gym and you think of the YMCA being like a family place that you can go and and feel safe Um, and that just hasn't been my experience there Um, I went out to run some errands one day and there was this big pickup truck sitting outside of my house I didn't really think anything of it and then I drove away and the pickup truck followed me and I was driving up First Street and turned on to Western, and he actually tried to run me off the road. Wow. And I was on the phone with my mom. She was on my on my car phone, and she was, like, screaming at me to tell me to get off the phone and call the cops. That's awful. Um, and the whole time, he was, like, you know, slurring out his window at me. That's... That's awful, and um, I'm deeply saddened to hear that you and your husband have been having these experiences in my community, you know, because I feel very proud of my community. Um, I feel like this is one of those hidden gems in in Los Angeles, Um, but I I recognize that it has a long way to go when it comes to certain things, and when you told me that you guys were leaving because the the community was unwelcoming. I was saddened, but when I thought about it, I wasn't surprised because I knew that there was some of this hate in Pedro. And that actually was a lot of the reason I started my podcast because I was seeing a lot of hate and um, anger on Facebook groups, not necessarily toward homosexuality, but you know, honestly, a lot of the people who hold hate against um, our homeless community and other, you know, or just in general, otherizing people, yeah. you know, they're the, they're the same people who have hate for anyone different than them. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very sorry that you had this experience here Thank you. and I'm going to work hard do my part, especially with this podcast and with the people that I'm in touch with. I want to make sure that this community doesn't tolerate that kind of behavior anymore. Um, I wanted to give you a public apology so that the community could hear it because I think public apologies are necessary. Um, 
If there are any listeners out there who have experienced similar things, I want you to take that apology for yourself and receive it. And um, yeah, I think that this is going to start a healing process. I would like for it to start a healing process for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely know that my husband and I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I think this community, as as we move forward into the next chapter of our lives, you know, may it not be in San Pedro, the community will always hold a really special place for us. You know, it's where we got married. It's where we purchased our first home together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where we were able to, you know, kind of hunker down and spend that first year and a half of our of our um of our married life together and really create some some good times within our home you know Mm -hmm. everything hasn't been amazing in the community but we've found our favorite italian restaurant here at raffaello's Mm -hmm. and we've found our favorite yoga instruction instructor marcel at the ymca Mm you know, there, there are certain things that we have become really connected to that um, we will be taking with us as we move. Um, and I think that there's a lot of amazing people in the community. I just think that there are a lot of people that need to get with the times mm-hmm. that happen to be louder than those amazing people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it will change because unfortunately it's just gonna happen you know with everything that's going on here with the port and um, just you know the housing prices going up which is a really great thing Mm -hmm. you know it's really great that the economy here is building Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's just going to continue to drive people into this community who are new and fresh Mm -hmm. and it's gonna bring a new way of thinking yeah Um, But I think that's great for people here. I think it's great that people here, you know, may have purchased a house for $60,000 years ago and they're going to be able to sell it for $700,000. Yeah. And make a really nice profit for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, That's wealth that's going to stay within the family. Absolutely. That's a good thing. Like, I think there's just a lot of really good things. It's all about how you look at it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you can... You can be disappointed that that things are changing and they're not how they were when your your great grandfather lived here, but um, all good things come to an end and make way for better stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it should be looked at nowadays. Well, I want to pause it here for a break for our sponsor, um, but when we come back, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about what we can probably expect and how we anticipate San Pedro is gonna be changing. And I know you and your husband won't be here for a lot of it, but I hope to one day welcome you back to a really cool, different San Pedro. Yeah. Yeah, okay. This episode is brought to you by Cryptospace, San Pedro's one and only cryptocurrency lounge. Learn more at cryptospaceus.com and definitely follow them on Instagram at cryptospace.us. Okay, so now that we're back, I kind of wanted to talk about some some changes that we could probably see here in San Pedro. Um, like you said, the times are changing, and it's whether we like it or not. Um, I think that I need, I really would like to talk about the resistors of change. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to 
I don't want to say that, hey, things are changing, so deal with it. Because I understand that change is really hard, especially for Definitely. our older generations. Yeah, it's it's different. You know, yeah. things are changing. And it's not just, I mean, it's not just being accepting of homosexuality. It's not just being accepting of, you know, it, I feel like it, it goes into a lot of different areas where yeah. people are just unaccepting, you yeah. know, even when it comes to like certain gender roles, you know, yeah. and who should have the job and who shouldn't, yeah. you know. I remember one of my first times going to the pediatrician local in, in San Pedro and she told me, um, she asked me why I was going back to work and I was like, well, because I have to, you yeah. know, it was like because we are a two-income household. No. And she just wanted me to ask my husband's permission to stay home. And I was like, no. that's not how this works. No. 100% not how this works. I'm I'm an income earner, you no. know? And um, as much as I would love to not work, I was like, we make these decisions as a family, yeah. you know? I, was, I just remember being so upset by her even making that comment. And it could have had a lot to do with me being like hormonally enraged. <laughs> because I had just had a baby but I remember thinking like where like where have you been like this is not how we do things anymore right. you know women don't ask their husband's permission to do stuff right um, I feel like there's a lot of that older you know generation who might see things certain ways yeah. and I think we got to talk about it you know it might be uncomfortable for a lot of people but I think we need to talk about it um, so I'm actually very excited about some of the changes coming. For example, San Pedro is having its first Pride on the Port. I heard that. Yeah. Um, and you guys are leaving right before that. I know. Maybe <laughs> we'll have to come back down and, yeah. and check it out. Well, um, uh, you might have heard, or you or Jonathan might have heard, but um, Ryan, Ryan Blaney, mm -hmm. he's one of the honorary um, mayor candidates. Yeah. Um, there's like a local honorary mayor campaign going on. Whoever raises the most for charity is um, basically they'll become honorary mayor of San Pedro. Oh, cool. So it's like a fun, you know, little project. Yeah. But he lives here with his husband okay. and um, they're he's raising money for bridge cities alliance which is putting on the first pride at the port that's so cool yeah and he told us there's going to be like a fairy fairy that's going to be coming from long beach and into san pedro so oh, it's cool. going to be like, like people over. it's going to be like a fairy themed fairy ride yeah how cool <laughs> i know so i mean we talked a little bit about that on his episode you know um i think that this is good and it's been a long time coming mm -hmm. I remember, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I had, a, I have, a, I still have, but you know, we've kind of all, we're all over the place now, but having a lot of friends that were gay yeah. that couldn't be gay here. Yeah. And I remember them expressing that, yeah. um, especially like on the apps, like they couldn't set it for San Pedro. They had to set it for like Long Beach or other parts of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's sad, but I I think that's changing. Yeah, I'm hoping it is. Um, your story and your husband's story reminds me that we have a long way to go still. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot more that we can do. What are some suggestions you think for the community um, that we can do to show support of our of all of our neighbors? Well, I think that you know one thing off the bat is. For everyone that has children, 
in this community and it's a big family community like San Pedro a lot of people have kids Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a really big thing is to just think about how you would react if someone treated your child the way you're about to treat someone else may it be because of their race their religion their sexuality their you know financial differences Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're about to discriminate against think about how you would feel if somebody was about to treat your child like that Mm -hmm. because you don't know where your child's going to end up Mm -hmm. when they reach that age and you don't know you know what sexuality your child's going to end up um, identifying with or what gender they're going to identify with or what financial class they're going to be able to stabilize with. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to always remember that the person you're about to discriminate against has parents as well and put put yourself in, in their shoes. So before you make that slur or before you put your hands on someone because of their differences, make sure that you have just a 10 second pause and think, if this were my child, would I be okay with someone else doing this? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people would probably change what they're about to say or do. Right, right. I think that's actually great advice. I think it's better advice than, you know, do what, you know, treat others the way you would have them treat you. I think that's actually better advice because we would treat ourselves, you know, we would say like, oh, I'll deal with it, you know, but think about your kids. Think about how you would want somebody to treat your kids. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, I... I'll share this story, actually. Um, I won't mention any names, um, but there's actually a woman who kind of confided in me and told me a story, and she was a woman I knew from church. Um, her kids are about my age, and she she told me that her daughter had come out to her, yeah. and she didn't know how to take it, mm-hmm. and she told me she was in Palm Springs, mm-hmm. And she remembers seeing a, a gay couple, two, two men in the pool, and she remembers feeling like this really terrible, like, kind of hate, you know? Yeah. Like, she didn't, she, you know, she's a, she's like a very godly woman yeah. who has made her church her lifestyle, you right. know? And it angered her to see two, two men in the pool totally. having fun, enjoying Palm Springs yeah. the way anyone else would. Yeah. And um, she remembers later on feeling enormous guilt yeah. and and completely not realizing, like making the connection, but her daughter had called almost right after that, you know, like right after that experience, mm-hmm. you know. And told her the news, told her that she was coming out. She identifies as a lesbian and she has a girlfriend, you know, and she wanted to bring her girlfriend to the next big family event, which was coming up, you know, and she remembers not acting in that same anger, you know, and taking that pause. And she realized that how she acted and how she 
received or how she observed that couple was wrong, was wrong, you know? And it was, it 100% did not represent the love of God who, right. which she so, which she has made her lifestyle pretty much about. Right. You know, and I think that we have to talk about <clears throat> what it means if that's like the love that you're claiming to have and right. that's the beliefs that you are claiming to live by. Right. Um, I think we need to ask ourselves, would Jesus do that? Right. I don't think so. Right. Nope. <laughs> like, Jesus was among the homeless. Right. He was among the prostitutes. Right. He was among the people of diverse backgrounds. He was the one with the people who were unaccepted. Right. You know? He was with the outcast. Right. So, I don't think that we can justify our actions and our behavior using the Bible. Right. It's just not a justification anymore. Well, first of all, that story just gave me chills because I think that was a complete God moment. That was that was God She described it that way. That was God telling yeah. her like, hey, like slow your you know, slow your roll. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the Bible clearly tells us that we're not the ones to judge. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the church as a whole, we still have a really long way to go when it comes to not being of judgment yeah um but you're exactly right you know the god i serve is the god of love mm -hmm. and um clearly tells us not to judge mm -hmm. so um i think that i think that you're exactly right in, in yeah. saying what you just said the most important commandments of the bible was love god and love love others right love, like yourself right like, I mean, really, when we came to the gospel, like, it was all about love right. and acceptance, you know? And that doesn't mean that you choose mm -hmm. who, out of a community, mm -hmm. you want to love. Yeah. It says love all. Love all. Right. Exactly. Not just all who are claiming to be, you know... Um, not just all who are like you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, I think that this has a lot to do with, I mean, where our country is as a whole. Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of hate crimes. Yeah. Um, there's no denying that the amount of hate crimes, like the number of hate crimes has gone up in mm -hmm. the last four years. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like to get political on the show, but these are just facts. Right. Hate crimes have gone up in the last four years. Right. Um, there's been a new wave of confidence in people who have maybe not been as aggressive and violent, yeah. and now they have this newfound confidence that they feel that they're allowed to condemn others who are different than them. And right. that doesn't just mean, you know, people who identify as like gay or lesbian or trans or anyone in the LGBTQ community, but actually Muslim and now, you know, Mexicans, you know, right. <laughs> um, and pretty much like you said, anyone that's different than them. Right. Um, I, I can't think about all of that. I'm like, it just upsets me so much to think about our country as a whole just in all those things, I try to focus on my backyard. So when I hear that this stuff is happening in my backyard, I get upset, right. you know? It really upsets me. And my, my question is, how do, we, how do we start creating a more friendly community, one that is supportive 
and accepting of everyone. Well, I think you just said it. I think that a lot of us right now, because of the political climate, are really concerned with the nation as a whole and where we stand. And, um, you know, I think we're constantly switching from MSNBC to CNN to Fox to, uh, you know, two, four, six, and nine, and um, seeing what's going on with this report and that report. And I think you just, you just nailed it. How we can make the community more accepting is by making sure that everything in our home is in order. Mm -hmm. And by making sure everything in our home is in order is going to make sure that our neighborhood is serving on the right path. Yeah. And um, I think it, for me, it takes a lot more energy to act out of hate Mm -hmm. than it does to just act out of love. Mm -hmm. And if you don't act out of love, then just don't act. Yeah. You know, like the old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. Yeah. I I mean... I 100% live by that. (laughs) You can't can't do anything... Mm -hmm. Like, we all all have negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. We all have... We all have negative, like that's just human nature, mm-hmm. right? To just not be a hundred percent positive thinking all the time. Yes. Like, God didn't wire us to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's what you, what comes out of your mouth, is, is that that tongue tongue in restraint kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I, and, and here's the thing. I'm not asking everyone to accept my lifestyle Mm -hmm. or to accept the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. or accept anyone that's different of them. But we all have to be tolerable of each other as people, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, everyone is, is everyone is a human, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what you have to remember Mm -hmm. when you're about to act out of hate. Remember that everyone has the same color blood running through their body. And that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the same number of organs and bones and everything in their body. Mm-hmm. And when you're about to do something nasty to someone or say something nasty, remember they have a heart. Mm-hmm. And remember that they have the same color blood running through their body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we've kind of lost now. Yeah. So I don't... I don't expect everyone to get a warm, fuzzy feeling when they look at a same-sex couple walking down the street. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a heterosexual couple, that's not going to be normal to you. Mm -hmm. You know? And I don't expect you to feel like, Mm -hmm. oh, look at at that cute gay couple. I don't expect that from everyone because not everyone's going to be wired like that. Mm -hmm. But what I do expect is for you to... Let people live their lives. Just be respectful. Yeah. You know, and just be respectful that that same-sex couple mm-hmm. is human. Mm-hmm. That's really it. That really is it. I mean, there. I don't think there's anything that justifies absolute disrespect. No. There's nothing that justifies um, abhorrent slurs. No. Getting run off the road. No. Like, there's nothing that really justifies that behavior. It's actually... I mean, if it was... We still have a long way to go, but if those slurs were made, you know, about somebody in their race, that might actually be, you know, 
something that people could ban people from the YMCA for. You know right. what I mean? Like those are bannable things, and I think we shouldn't treat it any different. Right. You know, in general, there is nothing that <laughs> that justifies behavior that that involves such aggression and violence. You know. Do you know it's funny? Like my husband, I, I'll say something. And he'll, I'll say, you know, I, I, I'll say something about being a minority. And he's like, babe, but you're not a minority because I know you guys can't see me because we're on a podcast, but <laughs> I am a white male. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one would classify me as a minority, mm-hmm. but what makes me a minority is my sexuality because it sets me apart. Mm-hmm. And most people who are white males would be n- not stereotyped, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I have felt very much so like a minority the past year and a half that mm-hmm. I've lived here. Yeah. Which is really strange. It, I'm sure it is strange, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think I can tell you one thing, uh-huh. not to cut you off, I would not take it back. Yeah. We would do this experience all over again. Really? We would buy our house all over again Mm -hmm. because having this experience as an adult has, um, has, I I think, really changed, like me in in particular. Mm -hmm. And it's opened my eyes and softened my heart some to realize, like, how I treat people and some of the things that I, it's really made me clean up my house. I'm I'm really happy to hear that and I know exactly what you mean because um, I think before becoming a mom I had a lot of judgments about moms you know and now that I am a mom you know just like the other day in in, um, in Target you know I there's this word mom shame you know that we're very like we know about um you know we're very aware of mom shaming right and i feel mom shamed sometimes you know by people in my own my own circle you know but it it's it just speaks to kind of the ignorance of of motherhood you Mm -hmm. know and what it's all about um yeah i was at target and i I had to realize, I had to like check my thoughts because, you know, I saw a mom there with like four kids, her kids were running everywhere and she was like speaking loudly on her speakerphone, you know, and I had to check myself and be like, no, her house is not the same as my house, you know, I was like, I, we need to be supportive. There's nothing there, there would be nothing that justifies any dirty looks there because she's a mom in the trenches like the rest of us moms you know and no matter what it might look like to the outside i have no business judging her as a mom right she was clearly going through it yeah she was in the trenches and i have one one kid i mean i have a stepdaughter as well i don't have her full time but also she's like very well behaved and helpful yeah so i have this amazing stepdaughter who's like super helpful to me who you know helps me with my son who's like a year and a year and he's like 15 months now so I have seemingly two well-behaved kids kind of if I have another kid or once my son goes through 
that like three-nager phase, uh-huh. you know, I know I could be the mom in Target, you know, speaking loudly probably with my mom, right. <laughs> you know, and having my kids going wild and just not having any of it together. Right. Like that's the thing is like we do not have the same experiences as the people uh, uh, next to us, right. you know, so our experiences are going to look different, right. you know, and um, that's one of the things I've had to, I've had to self-check the most, yeah. you know. Um, I'm glad that I'm glad that we are self-checking type of people I hope I'm what I'm hoping for the community is to also adapt to that self-checking mentality you know Mm -hmm. and ask ourselves if this was was my kid would I treat them this way you know would I want them treating being treated the way I'm about to treat somebody Mm -hmm. you know I think that was really great advice and then also is there any is there any time in my life where I felt completely misjudged, you know, completely like people were isolating me or discriminating against me and I was just a person getting on with my life, right. you know? Yeah. I think we need to start putting ourselves in these these people's shoes that we want to judge. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's easy to judge. I get it. But we need to check ourselves, absolutely. you know, and we need to stop justifying our behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think as people who maybe are accepting of, of, you know, diverse communities, I think we need to start speaking up, honestly. And that's what I want to do with this podcast. Yeah. I think it needs to be said that you and your husband were mistreated while you were here and it's not okay. Yeah. And San Pedro as a community needs to be more accepting no matter how accepting they already are, we still have a ways to go. We need to be more accepting of diverse people in this community, whether they're gay or straight, of different colors, different races, different religions. I think we need to be more accepting and more kind and more loving toward all of our neighbors. Because everyone's human. Everyone is human. That's right. Yeah. Well, I want to be considerate of your time, and I want to thank you so much for joining me for this very important conversation. Well, I thank you so much for having me on. And um, again, thank you to the community for having us for the year and a half. And, you know, all the experiences haven't been positive, but they've been for a reason, and that's what we're taking with us. Mm -hmm. So. I wish you luck wherever you and your husband go, and I know you will enjoy other parts of L.A., and um, I hope to see both of you on TV soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll post it when I do. Okay. Yeah, but thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope it brought a little bit more insight into why we have pride and why it's important. Um, if you liked this episode, please give us a rating on whichever app you're listening to us to. And um, if you have a little bit more time, I would love to read a review. Um, stay tuned this weekend because there's going to be some awesome giveaways coming up. Um, I'm really excited about some new businesses coming to town. Obviously, we have a lot of events. June is just a really fun month. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy and see you next week.